Welcome and thank you for listening to this message from Legacy Church New Braunfels. To connect with us, go to LegacyNB.com. Now enjoy this message from Bill Byers. I have the privilege today, though, of um, in introducing one of my heroes of the faith. And um, I really want to convey the honor that I have for you, Bill. Because it's very few times in your life you get to really hang out and rub shoulders with greatness. Right? And today that's what we get to do. Um, Bill is one of those people that whenever you hang out with him, you feel smarter. <laughs> you always walk away with a good story. You always walk away with a new, I always walk away with a new book recommendation. <laughs> and so I always get something good, good out of it that feeds my mind and feeds my spirit and feeds my soul. So um, Bill is one of those people that is very deep. He's, he's been in most places in the world. I think we actually found a place yesterday on the map that he hadn't been to, a country he hadn't been to. We're like, okay, we're going to have to scratch that one off. Right, because he's he's been to most of the places that you hear are difficult to get into at best. Um, he's preached there. He's pastored churches in a lot of those and um, helped a lot of um, apostolic organizations throughout the world. So um, we are not just dipping our toes in ministry. We are all in. Right? We are if we're going to do the thing that God calls us to, we have to fully surrender to everything God has for us. And this is a man who's walked in it for decades. So he is a, a beacon, a model of what can be done if you surrender your life to the Lord. And so I, I'm going to ask you guys to stand and give honor to my friend, Bill Byers. Like I said last time, with an introduction like that, I can't wait to hear what I've got to say. Jesus. Um, wow. Going here. I get uh, the privilege of introducing my better half. Come on. This week I was reading uh, one of my devotions, and it brought up my favorite story in the Bible, which is about Mary Magdalene and how she was delivered of seven demons. And she's at the tomb looking for Jesus, but she's arrived to an empty tomb. And the person there she thinks is the gardener, and she's asking him, do you know where they put my Jesus? And he just speaks one word, and he says, Mary. And her eyes are open, and she realizes it's Jesus. And that one word, when he speaks it to our hearts, yes, this is full of his words, but when he speaks it to our hearts, then we can go through whatever is facing us. If he gives that word, then we have something solid to stand on. And it's a privilege to hear the word of the Lord. The more she does that, then the, then the less I have to do. All right. Good morning. Who are you guys? Bright, shining faces. Open hearts. Father, thank you for this morning. 
Thank you that you bathed us with your love. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity, every one of us, to re rededicate our hearts and our lives unto you. Every moment, every, every morning when we awaken, it's a day of rededication. And so we, we just we give you our hearts fresh and new again today. Holy Spirit, we, we welcome you specifically. Come and speak to our hearts. You are the teacher. You're the one. They don't need a word from me. They need a word from you. And we just ask you to speak into our hearts. Let your voice be within this voice. I yield over these lips to you. Let your, let your blood cleanse. Let your wonderful, holy anointing oil, your wonderful presence bring that anointing upon these lips to speak and let that same dynamic happen upon our hearts to hear, I pray. In Jesus' wonderful, wonderful name. Amen. Get your Bibles. I'm going to use a diving board out of Genesis 12. We'll see how far we can get going to depend upon your appetite. Genesis 12, verse 1. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country, from your family, from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall, you shall be a blessing. It's wonderful to receive blessing from the Lord. But it's even more wonderful when we realize, when we begin to wake up and it begins to dawn inside of our hearts, inside of our lives, that He's blessing us with purpose. Every blessing that comes from heaven comes with purpose, purpose attached to it. The blessing of the Lord from heaven that he puts inside of our hearts and puts inside of our lives, he has designed us to be a blessing. It's one thing to receive a blessing. It's another ball game altogether different to become a blessing. And he blesses you and he blesses me and he blesses us that we might become a blessing. So that when you walk into a room, the atmosphere changes. And that you carry with you tangible, tangible presence of God, manifestation of His presence, of His that living word, that Christ that lives within us, that's chosen to take up residence on the inside of our being, that we understand that we're carrying him. 
And that wherever the sole of our feet go, that he goes with us. We carry far more of his blessing than what we realize. In fact, if the enemy, one of the, one of the, one of the objectives of the enemy is to keep us ignorant. And uh, one of the objectives of the Father is to keep us, bring us into brilliance. So it was quite a compliment that you said that if you hang out with me, you become smarter. That's, 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 that's a compliment. But God wants that to happen with every single one of us. And he wants to, to, to bring us into the place where we begin realizing that we, we, we're carrying him, but, but in, in him and in, within us, we have the mind of Christ. It's in, it's, it's in us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. And, and it's Christ in you, the hope of glory, not only your hope of glory, that's, that's Christ in you, the hope of glory for everybody that you're ever going to meet. That you're, you're carrying and imparting that wonderful presence of God and that wonderful anointing. You, you're carrying life-giving word in you. And the enemy loves to keep us bound up in stupid lies. And the Lord came to set us free. And so I want, to, I want to address you. I want to talk to you. I know that I'm speaking to you as individuals today. But in my heart and in my mind today, today's different. Today I'm going to speak to you as one. You're a corporate body. And when you wake up, some of you already have, but when you, all of you, when you wake up to the reality of what I'm going to say to you today, New Braunfels will never be the same again. Because when you start operating and you start functioning as the body, the body of Christ, when you start functioning as in, in oneness with God, then the, then the enemy, just answer that, tell them they should be here. That, that oneness of his presence is going to, to begin to impact the region of this whole area. And, and so uh, you have received, you, Legacy Church, that's what I'm going to call you today. You've received blessing upon 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 blessing, upon blessing for years. And now you're beginning to step into a dimension where you are, you are becoming the blessing that New Braunfels needs. When you begin recognizing this, you're going to begin to walk different. You're going to begin to, to stand differently. You're going to begin to speak differently. You're going to begin to interact with the people in the city differently. You're going to, be, you're going to begin to, to, to make a, a, a total complete change wherever you go in the city and, and every time that you're speaking words, it's going to, it's going to release life-giving power into this city. 
Because God planted you here, Legacy Church, as a seed in the ground so that you would begin to grow and develop and then begin to produce fruit, not just for yourselves, but that you would begin to produce fruit that's going to remain beyond yourselves. Now, this scripture, uh, I, want to, I want to go to another scripture. Uh, go with me to... To the book of Joshua. We, 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 we hung around in Joshua last time I was with you a couple of months ago. Or a month ago. A few weeks ago. A lot of things have happened since then. I looked at this a little bit last time I was with you. Joshua chapter 3. The children of Israel were being transitioned. They were coming out of the wilderness. They'd been there for 40 years. And, and they were transitioning out of the wilderness, and they were coming into the promised land. And here's the instructions. It says, Joshua chapter 3, verse 1, Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp and they commanded the people saying, when you see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priest, the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. And yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure, about a little over half a mile. And do not come near it that you may know uh, the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. And Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, set yourselves apart, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Then Joshua spoke to the priests, saying, Take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross over before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and went before the people. Now, now they had been, they'd been wandering in a big circle for 40 years. In wilderness. My wife says it's because Moses wouldn't ask for a road map. But she's accused me of that a few times in my life too. Well, just ask for a map. And um, no, 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 I want to figure this out. Um, but they, they wandered around for 40 years. And, and, but they wandered around in the wilderness being blessed for 40 years. God blessed them for 40 years in the wilderness. Even though they were in the wilderness, they were being blessed daily. They, they had the blessing of his provision daily. They had the blessing of his presence daily. And they had the blessing of his power daily. It didn't take a prophet to come out of your tent in the morning and take a look and see this pillar of fire standing there. God was with them. They knew it. And the blessing of the Lord was with them even though they were in the wilderness. It didn't matter. I mean, there's... This is hard for ladies to, 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 to wrap your mind around, but um, their shoes didn't wear out. That's a woman's worst nightmare, right? They're like new shoes, yeah? I noticed coming in today, some of the ladies were looking at each other's shoes. It, 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 this would have been a nightmare for you because their shoes didn't wear out. There were no new shoes in the wilderness. But God blessed them because their old shoes just never wore out. That's a man's wonderful dream. Shoes don't wear. I mean, I've still got, I've still got boots. I've still got Lucchese boots from when I was in high school. They still fit me. I still wear them. I've, they've been resold a few times, but uh, but they're good boots. They were built right. This is not a commercial for Lucchese, but 
They're really good boots, especially the old days, in which obviously, okay. God provided for these guys. Every single day, every single moment of their life, he protected them. He watched over them. He was with them. And now it came time for this transition season to take place. And the command was to the leaders, take up the Ark of the Covenant. Take up the presence of the Lord. The Ark is, is typical of God's presence. And, and it was that the leaders would, would shoulder underneath the weight of the glory of God, and carry his presence and lead and go forth by leading with his presence into the land. And, and so they're going to walk through this transition from the wilderness into their, into their, into their inheritance, and they were commanded. And, and, and so they left the place where they were living. So they're, they're turning their backs on what was, and they're turning their face into what shall be. And so there is this divorcing of, of a mentality that they had lived under for 40 years. Actually, for longer than that, for 400 and some odd years. They're leaving behind the mentality of slaves. Sometimes it takes a long time to leave behind the mentality of a slave. Hello. Good morning. Sometimes we got to walk through a lot of stuff to come out of what enslaved us, behind us. And sometimes, sometimes we're right at the edge of stepping into the promise of God, but we've still got the mentality that governed our hearts and our lives and our thinking that, that governed us for, and for these people's lives, generation, over 400 years. They're leaving behind the mentality of a slave. And the only way for slaves to be free was to die. That was their only way out of their slavery. They're not going to come out any other way. Unless God steps into the picture. God stepped into the picture in my life a little over 50 years ago. But I want to tell you, I, I, I'm sorry to say this, but, but I want to tell you it took some years to step out of some of this, 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 this slavery mentality that governed how I should live and what should be important to me and what I should be doing with my life and with my, with my, with my body, with my, with my thinking, with my affections. It took some time to come out of of slavery mentality. I think maybe some of us still have some slavery mentality. In fact, I think that sometimes God surprises us with still some of the slave mentality that we have in our thinking. Modern day slave thinking, we, we've now renamed it and we call it orphan thinking. Uh. And so they had to leave behind their orphan thinking. And orphan thinking is full of gimme, gimme, gimme. I need it now. Orphan thinking is all centered around give to me my daily need right now. 
Orphan thinking doesn't think about the future. Orphan thinking thinks about today. And it's all bound up in what happened yesterday. And if the enemy can keep us thinking like orphans, then we're just going to be bound up and we're going to be, we're, we're not going to step into the fullness of what the Spirit of the Lord has for our hearts and has for our lives. Not only as individuals, but as a collective body. God wants to give an upgrade into every single one of our hearts and every single one of our lives to the degree that we actually start leaving behind orphan thinking and slave thinking at a high rate of speed. These dudes, in one day, in one day, they stepped out of the dimension from orphan thinking, slave thinking, into free men thinking in one day. They were ready for their promised land. They were ready to step over. And the point, the point of instruction was leaders, leaders in Legacy Church, whether you are here in the room or you're in Reading or you're at camp, because this is being recorded, I think. Leaders, Submit under, come under the weight of the glory of the Lord. Come under the weight of His presence. Submit your heart, submit your life under the presence of the Lord. And when you walk, lift up and carry Him where He wants to go, not where you want to go. And so it's become apparent that He He's, he's hanging around this joint for a little while longer, but not much longer. Because the vision has been cast. The land has been purchased. And the purposes that go with that piece of property are in your hearts. And what he wants to do in, a, in, in just a short distance away from this piece of property that we're sitting on today and that our feet are on today, he's transitioning Legacy Church. This is, this is huge. This is huge. This is, this is so powerful. What I want you to see, what I want you to hear, what I want you to feel, what I want you to, to absorb is much more than bricks and mortar. It's purpose. It's leaving behind the old and stepping into the new. It's leaving behind slave mentality and it's stepping into free man mentality. And free man mentality has a future. And not only does it have a future, it has plans for the future beyond today and beyond this vessel's lifespan on the planet. So what we're talking about here is legacy, church. You with me? Yes? 
It's bigger than you. What you're doing is bigger than you. It's multi-generational. God's given you vision to build, to plant, and to build for the future, not just for today. This is really important, guys. This is, this is anti-orphan thinking to the max. Hmm? They're going to have to leave their provision that was in the wilderness. That's not going to go into the promised land. The mentality of manna given to me every morning, all I do is have to go get up out of my, my tent and, and, and go out there, and there it is. It's just waiting on me to get there. I'm going to pick it up. Hallelujah. God took care of them. He did. Supernaturally, he took care of them. But they've got to, they've got to leave that kind of thinking in the past now because they're transitioning out of, out of daily bread thinking into providing not only for themselves, but for their children, their children's children, and their children's children's children to a thousand generations. Their thinking has to change. Everything's got to change. It's not, it's not you, you can't sing that country song, I'm really getting good at barely getting by anymore. It, it doesn't work. That's a dead-end road. Who wants to live there anyway? Who wants to barely get by? I don't. I don't want to barely get by. So we're talking about a huge, huge transition. We're talking about stepping into to, to becoming free men with a future. Aristotle, the father considered by most people, most historians, consider Aristotle as the father of botany, of plants, and, 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 and studying plant, studying, studying the botanical uh, structure of, of the creation. And, and Aristotle, he loved plants. He loved them. And he had this huge garden out behind his house, full of all these plants. And he was studying, and he was, he was, just, he was just, just enthralled with the research about these plants. And, and so he brought some new plants home to his gardener that worked with him. Uh, one day he brought all these new plants home, and he, and he said, I want these plants planted. I want this one planted over here, and that one planted over there, and this one planted over here. And the gardener said to him, but sir, you, you must understand, this, this particular plant, sir, yes, yes, he says, this plant won't bloom for a hundred years. And Aristotle said, you better plant that one today then. He had a vision for the future. Even though he knew that he would never see the beauty of the destiny of that particular plant, he still had the vision to plant it today. What you're doing today is of infinite importance. It's far greater than what you think. This comes out of the mind of Christ. This is the advancing of the kingdom of heaven on earth. And so when we are employed with God, we become co-laborers together with Him, Paul would say. 
Now we're working with him. We're not resisting him anymore. We're actually complying. We're actually working together with him. We're actually enjoining our hearts with a bigger purpose than what we could ever have in ourselves. Now we see, now we have, now we have, now we're doing things that we may not ever see on this planet, the fullness of what we're actually doing today. We might not see it. All the more reason to do it then. It's worthy of our time. It's worthy of our energy. It's worthy of our resources. It's worthy of our prayers. It's worthy of, of all of our investment into what we're doing. It's worthy of it. Big time worthy. Far more worthy than what we even realize. My, my wife and I, we, we spent a lot of our years in ministry living hand to mouth and, and, and we, we lived in the camp of barely, or really, really getting good of barely getting by and, 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 and one day the Lord just, just changed everything. He just changed everything. I was, I, was, I was minding my own business reading the Bible. I mean... I wasn't asking for anything. I wasn't asking to be interrupted while I was reading my Bible. And the Holy Spirit just, he just interrupted me while I'm reading my Bible. Imagine that. And I was reading this scripture. It's, it's over in, uh, got in my notes here somewhere. I can't find it. I can pull my Bible out and I'll get it there. Yeah, Philippians chapter 4. I'll just, I'll just start reading like I was reading. And then I'm going to interrupt you. Like I was interrupted. It's in Philippians chapter 4, and I'll start in verse 10. Paul writes, he says, But I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at your last care for me has flourished again, meaning that they gave him actually tithe and offering. Though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. They didn't have much in their pocketbook. He says in verse 11, Not that I speak in regard to need, I'm not, I'm not addressing this because, because of my personal need in the ministry. For I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased. And I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I've learned to both be full and to be hungry, to abound, and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That is often taken out of context, by the way. Almost every refrigerator magnet that's got that on, it's out of context. Paul says, but nevertheless, verse 14... You have done well that you shared in my distress. You have done well that you sowed into my life, into my ministry. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you sent aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Now, this is a father speaking. He's raising his kids. He's giving them a lesson about life. 
I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. (laughs) And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus, now to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. And so I was reading this scripture. And I read this portion. I've learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. And the Holy Spirit interrupted me. Bang. What was he content in? Holy Spirit said to me, and I smiled and said, oh, that's easy. He was content in you. And Holy Spirit said to me, yes, that's right. He was content in me having nothing. And he said, Bill, I have, I have given you a PhD in being content in me and having nothing. I can take you and I can plant you in any third world country on the planet with less than $100 in your pocket and you will believe me for miracles and I bring them. You have a PhD in being content in me and having nothing. But you don't know anything about being content in me and having everything. And I'm going to take you out of the school of being content in me and having nothing, and I'm going to put you into the school of being content in me and having everything. And, oh, son, by the way, that school is much more difficult than being content in me and having nothing. He just messed up my daily reading. All the circuit breakers flip off. Can't handle that. Going to have to reset the mains now. Because my whole Bible changed. In one statement from God. You see, he's the author of this thing. And he's the only one authorized to interpret what he authored. It's why we must get direct downloads from heaven for this word. Hmm? It's not enough to know the book. I must know the author of the book and I must sit in his class and I must get personally tutored by the author. That's called being born again, by the way. So here I am. Then I have a dream. Not only does he interrupt my Bible, he interrupts my sleep. I have a dream. And in this dream, the Lord said to me, I'm going to make money stick to you. I thought, dear God, what kind of a dream is that? And I woke up the next morning. I told Faye about the dream. I said, I had a strange dream. Yeah, what's that? Because anytime I remember my dream, it's usually from the Lord. No, not some, I don't remember my pizza dreams. This wasn't a pizza dream. This was a real dream. The Lord spoke to me. He says, I'm going to stick. I'm going to make money stick to you. And I said to Faye, I, I woke her up. I said, look, I had a dream from the Lord. What was the dream? 
He said that he was going to make money stick to me. And then I, and then I turned around, put my feet off the, off, uh, off the bed. To sit. I'm about to get up and I look down and I have a penny stuck to my side. After dreaming a dream like that, a penny. And I thought, really? Couldn't we start with hundreds instead of <laughs> pennies? Right? I mean, you know. No, you gotta, you got to go gradually. You got to take it step by step, right? And there came a day and there came a time when the Lord took this girl and this boy and in one day took us from zero to the next day putting in our stewardship $4.75 million in one day. I ain't blowing smoke here, guys. He put in our possession to steward $4.75 million. And when that happened... I had another overload because I'm thinking, what do you do with that? Right? Well, here's what you do with that. You go to the one who gave it to you. And you ask him to help you learn how to steward what he just put in your hand. Because if we just have it downloaded to us and we think with our slave thinking, we're going to squander it. Can I tell you, $4.75 million, we're still driving a Honda van. I gave my, my good car, my Toyota Camry to my son. The one that gets 45 miles to the gallon because it's a hybrid. One that I wanted to keep and he wanted. And, eh. But he's in Australia, so I've got his car now. But as much as I love speed, and God knows I've testified in this room, I really do. And Detective Stephen could check the records and he could say to you, he really does love speed. I didn't buy a Ferrari. I didn't buy a Porsche. As much as I love them, as much as I put those pictures on my iPad screen, because I love the beauty of them, and I love the functionality of them, and I love the speed. I didn't buy those things. Quite frankly, suddenly I was gripped with a holy fear. Because here's the hard part of moving from blessing to becoming a blessing. Here's the hard part. It's discipline. 
It's learning to hear the voice of the Father, learning to hear the voice of the Son, learning to hear voice of Holy Spirit, and learning how to submit quickly. And $4.75 million was basically given away as he told us where to give it. We own a, actually God owns it. And I've reminded of him that, especially when the tax season <laughs> hits, especially after they jacked everything up this year, Dear Lord, I know that they passed some laws to curb it, but the truth is, is that they can appraise it any level they want to. They're going to get their money. Render to Caesar, and I often said, you know, where's that fish with the coin in his mouth? Because I got to pay my taxes. Actually, they're your taxes, forgive me. Right? And so we've, we've been doing that. We have, we have possession of a home, but we didn't buy it for ourselves. It was much bigger than we wanted. It's much bigger than we want now. And every time I mow five acres of grass, it's really much bigger than I want in July and August and September. You, you guys following with me? So moving from receiving a blessing into becoming a blessing means that I... That, that, that everything is upgraded, including my, my discipleship, my discipline. That's upgraded. And I have to think for the future. And so here, here comes these, these guys. They come into the promised land. They're leaving this slave mentality behind them. They're leaving, they're leaving all of the, 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 the stuff that goes with that. They actually have to turn their back on it, and, and they can no longer complain. They can no longer uh, complain about all those years. They can no longer complain about all of that happened to them in those years. They can no longer complain about Pharaoh because they're looking at one greater than Pharaoh. And the responsibility to listen to him is paramount. He's taking me into the promised land, but it's, it's His promise and it's His land. And in the end, we're, we're all just leaseholders anyway. Have you not found that out? We're stewards, meaning we don't actually own it. He owns it. And my stewardship is going to come to a day of accountability. And I'm going to answer the owner. I'm going to answer him for the accountability that he's given to me. Now that's scary stuff. I don't know about you, but... but but there's a lot of scriptures in the New Testament that a lot of people just pass over. And most of those things have to do with accountability. And there is coming a day 
Paul says it to the Corinthian church. He says, there's, there's, there's coming a day. Oh boy, I'm not, I don't even want to go into that. That's not in my message, but, but here's the point. That he's moving legacy church and he's transitioning legacy church into a place of greater responsibility, greater blessing without question. But it's with purpose, and the purpose is that you become a blessing. And we move from the mentality of a receiver into the mentality of a provider. Because I'm the steward of my father's accounts now. And those accounts, as we heard so eloquently this morning, have to do with uh, forgiveness. Has to do with finances. Has to do with grace. Has to do with mercy. I think it was Corey Ten Boom that says, Everybody loves the idea of forgiveness until it's you that has to give it. Huh? And so we have to steward the riches that God has given to us in His glory and in His grace. And everything that he's given to us in his glory and in his grace is his character, his nature. That which is inherent in him. Love. Joy. Long. Suffering. Hmm? Hmm. Hurts to say it, doesn't it? I mean, we can say it without, if we don't have to actually endure it. But he gives to us, each one of us, not only as individuals, but he gives to us as a corporate body that he has sown as a seed into the soil of a city by the name of New Braunfels. My objective this morning is to lift your eyes up above from the place where you've been living. And I want to say to you this morning that it's already happened and you just need to wake up to the reality of what's already happened and that is God has already upgraded you and you're already functioning at a much higher level than you were a year ago. And not one of us, not one of us, and I say us, because I've been here more than once. So now you're stuck with me. Not one of us has to feel that all of the weight and all the burden is on our shoulders. It's on his shoulders. But he chose to live inside of us. 
And he chose to bless us so that we would become a blessing. And so he chose that we would be one with him. This is what Jesus, this is, this is the high priestly prayer that Jesus prayed in John, that's recorded in John chapter 17. Father, it's, 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 it's my will, and I know it's your will. This is paraphrased, Texas version. It's my will, and I know it's your will that they become one with me, even as I'm one with you, and you're one with me, and I want them and us and us and them. And, until when you see one, you can't tell it from the other. And so I would submit to you that his calling for our life is bigger than what we think it is. And I would submit to you that when he draws us into the place of blessing, that there's accountability that goes with that blessing, and we're going to give accountability to the blessing that he gives to us. And one of the blessings that he gives to us is time. And breath. And believe you me, time belongs to him. And believe you me, breath belongs to him because I've sat in over 50 years of ministry now, I've sat by, I've quit counting how many beds where I held the hand of the one that took their last breath. both positively and negatively. And it's a scary proposition. So we're here together, right here, right now. Why? Because he chose it. He ordained that we would be here now. And he ordained that he would bless us. And he ordained that he would, good, he would do good to us all the days of our life. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life. And it's right there. All you got to do is just stop and just think. It's there. And I'm, I, I, I got the pronoun right. Of course, you know, we're living in a day of pronouns, aren't we? And, and so I just got the pronoun, actually I got it wrong because it's not it's still there, he's still there. Hmm? Yes? Yes. And so his blessing in my heart and his blessing in my life is to, is to raise me up and bring me into the place where I begin to have my father's vision for life. A son of God can do two things, and two things only. And when I say a son of God, I'm talking about, I'm not talking about genders of men and male and female. I'm talking about a son. That's a position in relationship with the father. I mean, you know, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Ladies, if you can handle stepping into sonship, I can handle stepping into the, being the bride of Christ. I, I, I get that. Right? It's, it's about relationship. It's about intimacy of heart and spirit. God is spirit. And so, a son of God is, is a mature one. 
They're able, they're able to do, well, I'm, I'm, this is already matured, this message. I'm at the end. A son of God can do two things. Number one, a son can carry the father's name responsibly. Name, in scripture, name is synonymous with nature, character. So that means that when I'm a son of God, I am now able, I have the ability to carry his name in this world responsibly. The second thing that the son can do is the son can do the father's business responsibly. So we're having to do of carrying his name and then doing his business. And the carrying of his name actually enables me to do his business. And so that's why God puts such a high, 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 high interest in developing the fruit of the Spirit on the inside of my heart and on the inside of my life. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, meekness, gentleness, Faith. Have you not noticed that he's put you in places where you actually had to seek him for more faith? Hmm? What's he doing? He's raising us up to be mature sons. And as he raises us up to be mature sons, we're able to do his business. Legacy Church... You have your toes over the threshold already of doing the Father's business in New Braunfels, Texas in a way that's upgraded from anything that you've ever dreamed of before. And when you step into seeing what's on paper right now fulfilled in brick and mortar and concrete and, and everything else, it's only the shell of what he wants to do that he's going to use in New Braunfels. When I was born again by the Spirit of God, Christ Jesus by His Spirit took up residence on the inside of me. He, he's going to use the shell to go and to do His business. I pray, my prayer is, and I don't depend on anybody else's testimony because I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm only considering, I'm only considering the testimony of one. I'm living I'm living to hear one voice in the end of this thing. Living my life for, for one voice. And, and I really, really, really am interested in hearing him say, well done. That's what I want to hear. I want to hear that. I really want to hear that. I pray. My prayer is, my prayer is that, that it's true. My prayer is that it's true. My prayer for Legacy Church, you, you guys, and, and those that are, that, are, that, are, that are traveling and doing other things that are a part of this body, and those that, that are in New Braunfels that don't know yet that they are a part of the body, but they're already a part of the body, and, and don't ask me how that works because the Holy Spirit knows who they are, and He's getting them one by one. He's bringing them in. Hmm? Sometimes two by two, sometimes ten by ten. It wasn't far from here. Down in, down in San Antonio, 
many, many, many years ago that there was a pastor by the name of Jack Taylor. And they went at Castle Hills Baptist Church from about 200 people to over 3,000 people in six months. Six months. What do you do with that? I'll tell you what you do with that. You look up. Help, and what do we do with this? Right? Jack was a spiritual pop in my life. He was a spiritual pop in this house. You guys are poised. God has set you up. He has poised you. And what he has done in innumerable towns on the planet through innumerable years, he's about to do with you. But it's going to require a greater level of understanding and a greater level of light to understand that God's not just going to bless you. He's going, he is making you a blessing. And you're planting things that you might not see the fulfillment of in your earthly body. You might be in the cloud of witnesses before you see the, that plant bloom across the highway. But here's the deal. Faith. There's an old song we used to sing. Jeff, you might remember it. Faith, the mighty promise sees and looks to God alone. Shh, laughs at impossibilities and shouts, it shall, it shall, it shall be done. Faith looks at the promise and he looks at the promise, sir. God will provide the money. But he's chosen to filter it through your pockets. And you're going to become co-laborers together with him. And you give him your two fish and your five loaves. Faithfully, he'll break it and he'll multiply it. And he'll break it and he'll multiply it. And he'll break it and he'll multiply it. Until all of a sudden you fed thousands and you didn't even see that you could feed ten. I've seen him do it time and time and time again. If Faye and I were to, 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 to spend the afternoon with you just to start telling stories about God's provision, just his, just his financial provision alone, we would be here for days, wouldn't we, honey? Well, we've been pressured by other people that we started telling the stories to. Would you please write those down in a book? Okay, we'll do it. You want one to get you going on your, on your feet down the road? You want a story? Four people do. Preacher tactics. Right? Faye and I, we were, this is my favorite, this is my favorite of all. Faye and I, we were, we were, we were in North, Norfolk, Nebraska. Norfolk, Nebraska is only famous for one thing. Johnny Carson was born there. And we were there in Norfolk, Nebraska, and we were preaching in a church that needed, they really needed preaching too. And, and, and they didn't give us a penny offering. Not one. And, and we were in, a, in between a rock and a hard place, which means we didn't have any money. Well, I didn't say. Now, I had $5 in my pocket. 
we didn't have enough money to buy a tank of gas to get to the next town for our next series of services. And we were traveling with three kids and a dog in a minivan for 22 months. So you want to go into the ministry, huh? And so we were staying with some friends and uh, Faye and the kids went in with the wife of the household and went into town because they were going to decorate the uh, high school auditorium for some kind of a uh, celebration, prom, something, I don't know. And they were going to feed them lunch that day. And so I, I, was, I was upset with the Lord and uh, I was telling him how upset I was with him and, and he was listening as he, he always does. And, 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 and he was graciously listening, which means he wasn't replying. And, and I was telling him, okay, well, what are we going to do now? I mean, yesterday was the last service. They, they didn't give us any offering at all, period, zero. Zip, nada. Hello. I had $5 in my pocket, and I was so upset with God that, that going into Norfolk, on the, I was driving into town to pick up Faye and the kids. Going into Norfolk, Nebraska, there's a... There's a Burger King on the outside of town, and this is how long ago it was. You'll get it. I had $5 in my pocket, so I pulled. I thought, I was so upset that I said, well, I'm going to buy a cheeseburger, doggone it. I'm at least going to eat one meal today. That's it. I hope you're happy. I'm painfully transparent. So I go through the drive through buy my number two, which was a double meat whopper with cheese, no onions, add jalapenos, amen, with mustard, not mayonnaise, large fries, large Dr. Pepper, $4.99. That's how long ago it was. I had one penny left over. Drive out of the drive-thru, go into the parking lot. I'm sitting there facing west, sitting in my van. The wind, as it always is in Nebraska, is blowing about 10 to 15 miles an hour. That particular springtime, it was out of the south, thankfully. It's blowing constant. And I'm sitting there and I'm eating my cheeseburger, looking across the street into Nothingsville. And, and as I'm staring, eating my sandwich, I see a bird flying straight from my windshield. And I'm eating, I'm watching this bird, things are going, something's in his mouth and it's flying too, he's coming straight for me and he lands in this little sapling of a tree right in front of my windshield and drops what he has in his mouth and it's just floating there. The wind's blowing 15 miles an hour but this thing's just floating there right in front of my eyes and I look and I look and I thought, that's money. And I put my hamburger down. I put my cheeseburger down. I get out. I go out. And it fell straight down on the sidewalk. Five dollars. Five dollars. And I pick it up with my cheeseburger still. I got a mouthful of cheeseburger because I take big bites. My wife will tell you. And, and, and I'm looking at this five dollars. And the Holy Spirit said, I just wanted to buy you lunch today. I lost it. 
I lost it. I burst into tears. And I started repenting. And I said, I'm so sorry. If you think enough of me to buy my lunch, you're going to take care of us. You're going to take care of my wife, and you're going to take care of my kids, and you're going to even take care of our dog. And you know, he did. Here I am. He took care of us. The rest of the story is miraculous too. But that, I had, as I said earlier, I had, we had given into our stewardship 4.75 million in one day. But I'm telling you here, and I'm telling you now, that that $5 that day meant more to me than the $4.75 million did much later down the line because that was personal, right? The other stuff, it's the father's business. And I knew it. It was his. I couldn't touch that. But that $5 meant more to me than anything else in the whole wide world. God will take care of you. He will provide, but you must understand that he's ordained that you not only receive a blessing, but that you actually become a blessing and you become a blessing for New Braunfels, Texas and for the region and for the uttermost parts of the world. And when you get that vision and offering time comes, don't forget it. Don't forget it. I've kept you long. Forgive me. My wife and I were one time, another time, we, 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 were, we were really strong between a rock and a hard place, which means I didn't have any money. And we had bills that were due. And I went to the Lord and I said, okay, what's going on? What's, what's the problem? Have, have I done something I shouldn't have done or have I not done something that I should have done? Because I, I have that kind of relationship with him. I just talk to him and he talks to me. And I'm real straight with him. And it doesn't, it doesn't shake him up. I learned a long time ago that, that my anger doesn't cause him to sweat. Hmm? Doesn't mean that I'm insolent or that I'm, I'm, I'm disrespectful, but, but I'm honest with him. I'm really transparent with God. And so I said, and what in the world's going on? And he said to me these words. He said, son, I've spoken to four people. You're going to have to be patient on this one. I've spoken to four people already what I wanted them to do. I will find someone that will obey me. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. And after that, I thought, dear God, I'm never going to hold back on an offering again because I don't want anybody to feel like what I'm feeling right now. He provides. He's going to do it through you. And, and you give your part. And you may feel like it's the widow's mites the two cents worth from the widow, you might feel like that. But just remember, she gave out of her necessity, not out of her luxuriousness. She didn't have a big bank account. She gave the little, and God took the little and made it much. So, so give. Give unto God. Give with a joyful heart. And I'm not taking up an offering now. Give with a joyful heart. But just remember this. 
God will receive from a grouch. Give with all your hearts, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. I love you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your patience. Thank you for your patience. God bless you. We'll see you next time. Real quick, real quick I'm going to have everybody stand. Um, altar ministry team, if you guys go ahead and make your way up to the front. Um, but everyone just stand real quick. Just outstretch your hands to, to Bill and Faye right quick. Thank you so much for praying for us and for my wife because she's doing much better as you can see. Actually, this is the first church service she's been in for... <laughs> It's the first church she's been able to be in for a long time. So this is good. Thank you. Yeah, so we want to stretch our hands out. So just reach your hands out to Bill and Faye. So Father God, we just thank you. Thank you so much for the blessing that is Bill and Faye. Just thank you that they are members of Legacy Church. They are part of this house, Father. And so we just thank you for um, the words that you lay on Bill's heart. Every time he's here, Father God, just the impactfulness of it, Father. We just pray blessings tenfold blessings, a hundredfold blessings over his ministry, over their ministry, Father. We just thank you for what you're doing in our house, Father God. We thank you for that message aligning that he brought this morning with everything that you've got planned for Legacy Church and the people that are walking into this place. So Father, just continue to guide, continue to lead, continue to just be with us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us as we seek first after God's kingdom and release it to transform lives and cities. If you would like more information about how to grow in the kingdom or connect with Legacy, go to our website, www.legacynb.com.